Hello, it is your boy Maurice McMillan with another episode of the Don't Quote Me podcast. It is Tuesday, December 4th, 2018, and I'm recording a day early. I'm still gonna, I'm still going to release it at the usual time, but for recording purposes, I'm recording a day early. Um, I got uh, stuff to do tomorrow, um, so I got to clear my schedule, doing it ahead of time. I was thinking about like, nah, I just won't even do one this week. But I was like, well, I didn't give y'all no heads up. You know, I don't want it to disappear. You know, for like the the six people listening, I don't want you. I don't want y'all to just like, you know, miss out. So that's for y'all. <clears throat> so um, the only real housekeeping other than me recording a day early is uh, my aunt passed away the other day. Uh on Saturday I want to say and um I, I I I'm not really close to any of my relatives so this aunt I hadn't seen I can't remember how many years but then I saw her again Thanksgiving and then like what less than two weeks later she passed away so um yeah the, the, uh, I'm going to the funeral next Friday but, uh, yeah, other than that, that's pretty much the only thing that's really happened. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, let's start off with a little downer. But anyway, let's get to the shout outs. <clears throat> so my first shout out goes to Meek Mill because I, uh, completely this, I, I wasn't paying attention, I guess. I didn't realize that his new album was coming out on Friday, uh, uh last week. And I listened to it and I was like, oh man, this is amazing. It's probably, I, I want, it's, it's very possible that's the best album of the year, in my opinion. But I still just give Daytona the edge. That's still my favorite album of the year. But this is the closest any album has come to uh, taking that title away. So if you like rap, Championships is an amazing album. And uh, pretty much you can listen to it from start to finish. And not hit a bad song. And since the album is like 18, 19 songs, that's pretty pretty much a great talent. So, a uh, shout out to him. My next shout out is a rare, non-sarcastic shout out to a Republican that I did not know existed before this morning. So... Um, I'm, I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, but there was a town hall on climate change uh, last night hosted by Bernie Sanders. And um, he had a bunch of uh, panelists uh, who were asking questions like uh, Van Jones and uh, two other people. And uh, then he also had people that were like answer questions. And one of the people he had that would answer questions was Dale Ross. And Dale Ross is apparently the mayor of Georgetown in Texas. And as I mentioned, he is a Republican, but his town is on 100% renewable energy. And he is basically what I wish Republicans were on a national level, where it's just like, hey, we may not agree with liberals on X, Y, and Z, but we want to do this because it makes sense. Like, he's like, hey, we should solve climate change and go on renewable because, one, it's cheaper. Two, it's going to make businesses want to come here because uh, it's cheaper. And three, it's going to low, uh, it's going to make everyone happy because they're going to be paying less money. So I'm like, 
and on top of and that's just ignoring the fact that it's actually better for the environment he's just like let's look at it very pragmatically like we're going to make more money we're going to save you money and we're going to attract more people to put money in our state or in our city I mean, like, these are all win-wins. Like, why are we not doing this? So he just fucking did it. <laughs> and it's one of the few places in the world that's on 100% renewable energy. And this is a Republican. And I'm just, like, blown the fuck away. I'm like, why can't, like, fucking the rest of y'all do that shit? Like, we'd be in such a much better place. But apparently he's a rare breed. He seemed genuine. He didn't seem like he hated black people when I looked at him. But can't really tell. Um, anyway, I don't know anything else about his politics. I just know that is a good thing. And if you're scoring people getting into heaven, he's like lapping most Republicans just on that alone. Like, like a good, like 90, 95% of Republicans, he's just lapping. <laughs> and they probably the last 5% is close. But anyway, shout out to him. And my last shout out goes to my girlfriend. It's her birthday tomorrow. So when this episode airs tomorrow night it'll yeah it'll still be her birth i don't i doubt she's gonna be listening to it but um because we'll probably be hanging out (laughs) so uh but anyway shout out to her she happens to be uh listening to this shout out to you anyway those are my shout outs that's my intro um so let's get right into it we're gonna start off with breaking news we're gonna start off the show with breaking news i just saw this on twitter right as i was wrapping up but apparently michael flynn is snitching big time so uh special counsel said that they are not um they are uh seeking that michael flynn serves no jail time and be sentenced early because he has been so helpful to the case and their uh pictures going around on twitter where the list of people that he has told uh, the special counsel and the Department of Justice about, basically the list of people that he's snitching on is basically like a full page of names. <laughs> and so people are cracking jokes. It's just like he naming every fucking body. Like he, uh, like the uh, DMX from the what, what These Bitches Want song, just naming everybody name, like Tamika, Kayla, Shonda, just naming all the names. <laughs> so, uh... Yeah, uh, your boy Michael Flynn, not only did he flip on Trump, but it sounds like he flipped so many damn times, he might as well be a tire. So, anyway, uh, let's see how that pans out. Uh, I'm not going to hold my breath, you know, just because I'm skeptical of everything and my expectations are dirt poor. But uh, I'm definitely intrigued. And I can only imagine the news gets worse because I also heard Roger Stone is pleading the fifth. So, there's a lot of shady shit going on right now. Anyway, that's my uh, breaking news. Because uh, I'm, I'm airing this episode a day. I'm, I'm recording a day early. So odds are you will know more about it by the time you hear this than I will right now. So, um, yeah, uh, let's see how that plays out. Tomorrow's going to be an interesting day. And uh, so let's move into the news. Um, so the first story I got to talk about is, I guess, one of the bigger stories uh, which on paper obviously makes sense, 
but it's still kind of frustrating. And that is uh, George uh, Herbert Walker Bush, uh, 41st president, uh, passed away at 94 years old this weekend. Uh, The day before uh, what uh, World uh, AIDS Day, uh, AIDS Recognition Day, forgot the exact holiday, basically, um, you know, the AIDS holiday. I'm I'm butchering my words, but y'all get what I'm saying. Anyway, he uh, passed away, 94, so he wasn't young. It's not like it's like an exact shock at that age. And um, just like like I called it as soon as I heard, and basically everybody right on beat played out exactly the same. And it's basically the John McCain death all over again, where everybody in the media is just like, just bending over backwards to compliment him. And even though George Bush was president when I was born and, um, well, first George Bush was president when I was born for, uh, what, two years. He was elected in 88, if I remember correctly. So uh, I was born in 90. So he, uh, he, uh, was my, my first president in my life. So I, I obviously don't have a, you know, a strong, recollection of what he was doing at that time you know I was trying to master walking so um anyway he uh basically everybody in the press is bending over backwards but like based off what I know about George Bush's in general I'm thinking like is this like y'all sure y'all talking about the right dude and uh just like on cue they're saying all these amazing things like I think it was uh New York Magazine had said something where everyone on the, like the, basically everyone on the left on Twitter just like roasted them to hell and back. Like, Jesus Christ, like they're sucking dick and then there's like gagging on it. Like basically is what uh, they were doing. But, um, the whole fucking news media seemed to have just bent over backwards to compliment him. And I'm not, and at the same time, Everybody on, like, uh, I guess, like, socialist Twitter, everybody on the far left or the left or whatever, you or progressives, whatever you want to label them, they are all just like, hey, don't forget he did all these shitty things too. So it's pretty much just like the John McCain thing. So uh, I think I said the same thing last time, but I'll say it again. Uh, all the people saying he's fucking amazing and perfect and da-da-da-da-da, they're putting a hello too much on it. It's really weird. But at the same time, everybody demonizing him like he wasn't that bad. But like he did good things, even though the bad definitely outweighed the good. Like if you're talking about on like a global humanitarian scale, I would definitely say the bad outweighed the good. But we're lying if we're saying there was no good, especially compared to today's Republicans. So I definitely am more in line with the people criticizing the media because this like it's just like not accurate to just like only cover the good, especially when it's the president and uh, people who cover the n- news outside of America apparently are weirded out by like, that's like an American thing. Just like when a politician dies, you can only say the most egregious compliments and like <laughs> you have to go over and over beyond bending backwards to say how uh, amazing, amazing they were when it's just like, Hey, can't we just be honest? So, I pulled a, a short little list of his pros and cons. You can be the judge for yourself. So, good. He volunteered for World War II. He uh, passed Americans with Disabilities Act. And he uh, passed uh, clean air legislation, among other things. And bad, 
He was against the 1964 Civil Rights Act, and he contributed to the AIDS epidemic due to his inaction and apparently had a very anti-LGBT administration as well, which as a Republican, especially in the 80s, 90s, doesn't surprise me at all. So um, he uh, obviously I would especially, you know, as a black person, I would say the Civil Rights Act stands out to me. And, you know, I live in San Francisco, so I I know uh, a lot of gay people. I'm around a lot of gay people. You know, it's just like, it's it's like, it's just fucking normal. Like, like everybody on TV and shit makes it like it's some, like everybody on the internet and TV makes it like, oh my God, they're gay. It's so incredible. It's like, and you live in San Francisco, it's like, hey, that's Jeff. You know, it's like, what, what the fuck ever. That's Anthony, you know. That's, that's Evan, you know. That's Owen. It's Edwin, you know. So, like, this is not a fucking big deal. So, uh, long story short, George Bush dying was probably a net positive for humanity, but it's not like he's, like, still doing shit now. So, it's just kind of like, you know, whatever. But, you know, regardless, my condolences to the family. Don't wish death on anyone. Um, except, you know, I would arguably. <laughs> I actually take that back. You should be able to wish death on dictators. Because, like, that's kind of weird to say you you shouldn't wish wish death on anyone. Like, I'm pretty sure people were wishing death on Hitler. I'm not saying George Bush is Hitler, but, you know, it's a weird phrase. I'm like, "Mm, you actually can wish death on some people. (laughs) But anyway, that's a first topic. Second topic I alluded to earlier in the uh, episode uh, there was a town hall last night on climate change and, uh, I learned a lot and I also liked how, uh, AOC, she gave a good speech about basically politicians having the courage to act on, uh, the Green New Deal and actually, uh, make a change and that'll actually have some real effect. And, uh, I also like how they talked about, like, and like everyone, in the quote-unquote mainstream media, I feel, I'll take that, but not everyone, but a lot of people, when they talk about climate change, they all say stuff like, hey, you should go vegan, or hey, you should do this, or hey, we should stop doing this, and on, uh, when you're just adding up the numbers, yes, all those things help, but when you're adding single-digit points to a fucking, like, 30-point blowout, it doesn't really make a difference. And when I say 30 point blowout, I'm talking about the oil and gas companies that benefit from destroying the planet and they don't really want to fuck up their money anytime soon. So they're going to push it to the absolute last minute and maybe like five minutes after that. So, um, I personally, uh, have been thinking we're fucked for a while just because of human nature and how powerful and greedy these companies are and how they just have an utter disdain for the future and humans and, you know, health in general. Uh, I've just been feeling pretty nihilistic, but, um, this, uh, panel actually did give me some hope because it really, like, especially the talk about the Green New Deal and uh, Dale Ross specifically about his town being 100% renewable. And I'm just like, maybe if we just start pitching in a different way, because, like, it seemed like Republicans are hell-bent on us fucking up the planet. So we could maybe pitch it in a way that's, like, more just aimed at their wallet. 
Like, hey, if you enact climate change, your bills will be cheaper. Hey, if you enact climate change, more businesses will want to come to your town because their PG&E bills will be smaller. So it's just like, you start selling it to people like that, maybe they'll, like, hey, um, if we nationalize, like, the oil companies, everybody gets a kickback or something like that. Like, how they do in, uh, I want to say Alaska? I can't remember. There's one, I think it's Alaska, where they, like, uh, they basically, everyone who's in, uh, a resident in Alaska basically gets a kickback from the uh, their natural resources that are being used. So, when I feel like if we tackle climate change from that perspective, it could help uh, sway over some naysayers. But even uh, Dale Ross said, "There's always going to be some people who are just like, I don't care how much money I save, I don't care how smart this is, I'm against it." Like, there's always going to be that percentage of people. Most of them Trump voters, but what can you do? Um, but I, uh, this, I really appreciated the fact that Bernie Sanders is, he's like on Twitter, on the internet, he is like vilified worse than, I'd argue worse than Trump sometimes. Like you say Bernie Sanders name, people's faces started melting and shit. And all the time they talk shit about him, he does fucking town halls on Medicare, town halls on, uh, fighting climate change, town halls on, uh, uh, the, uh, what I think it was the Republican tax cut, if I remember correctly. Um, I, I just remember the Medicare for all one vividly because that was the one I, uh, liked the most. And then, uh, the climate change one was last night, but he's like doing actual work. Like he, uh, helped Amazon. Well, uh, he like basically berated Amazon into giving their employees a pay raise. And he did that with Disney too, if I'm not mistaken. And so all the people, all the shit people talk about Bernie Sanders he actually does the work. And when you come to people like Joe Biden, for example, he says he's the most qualified person to be president. And I'm saying, what the fuck are you doing besides saying that? Like, you're talking to talk. Bernie Sanders is walking the walk. And uh, the same thing with, uh, as much as I like better or work in relative comparison to uh, Ted Cruz, he's a talker as well. Like, his congressional record is nothing to like you know write home about it's just you know average democrat or whatever and he still made a couple of bad decisions like he uh voted to increase trump's uh, military budget what three times uh bernie sanders zero times so i feel like it's already time to start fighting for the primary for the president and i'm by far like i just people say they want someone else besides bernie sanders i want you to show me someone who's doing half of what he's doing and I'll consider it. Like, that's honestly what I want. I don't see anyone putting in a fraction of the work that he's putting in. I see people making speeches and I see people talking to donors. But that's pretty much it. Bernie Sanders is getting actual results. And he's not even president. So. I, uh, as you can probably tell, I got my hat in the Bernie ring. And uh, even though I can't vote in the primary because I'm independent. I'm going to use my little platform that I have and push as many people into his camp because he's by far the only person I see who has a chance of beating Trump in 2020. Like everyone else is just like they're hell bent on putting up a losing candidate and no one seemingly has learned their lesson from 2016. feels like it's Groundhog's Day. But, you know. And uh, I guess uh, the small 
funny side note that the uh, the field for the Democratic primary got a little bit smaller because apparently Michael Avenatti said he's not running for president anymore. He like he made like a dramatic like like press release like people were really clamoring for it, but I don't know. <laughs> there was zero chance he was gonna win, so he he had his moment, I guess. Anyway, I'm gonna close out with uh, the most important story of the show bury the lead on this one but republicans hate democracy and it's really depressing how thoroughly they hate democracy so republicans like to do things like gerrymander which basically you draw the lines of all your constituents so instead of your constituents picking their representative you pick your constituents so obviously you're going to pick the people who want you to win and Republicans are like notorious for doing this. Like there have been some cases of Democrats doing it as well, but it's like 90, 10, <laughs> not even close to 50, 50 Republicans are by far the guiltier party. And, uh, I got some stats to prove it. So, uh, on top of gerrymandering, they like to do voter suppression, mostly aimed at black people, but generally to the poor people anyone they think will vote democratic and uh so they got gerrymandering they got voter suppression they want to do uh voter id laws which basically the same thing as voter suppression they want to uh do all of these things to to make the voting pool as small as possible and increase their chances of winning as much as possible before people even count their uh, cast their votes and apparently even when all of that fails they will just say, hey, we may have lost the election and you may have won, but we're going to take away all of your power so you can't do anything. And then we'll let you take over. So Republicans have done this successful, well, with success in North Carolina in 2016 until courts overturned it. And they are trying to do the same thing again in Wisconsin and in Michigan right now. And while they're doing this the press is kind of like they they the press wants to be quote-unquote fair and balanced so bad that they constantly just give room to republicans over and over and over again just like whitewash all of their horrible shit just make everything they do seem like it's okay it's like, oh no it's fine it's cool it's not that bad it's all right and so the media has been very fucking very weakly trying to say that this is bad and i'll just give you two headlines that i thought were, were pretty annoying I, I, the stories aren't like aren't bad from what i read but the headlines are just like why are y'all underselling this shit I, republicans steal elections they hate democracy i'm just shouting shit out of the top of my head that's all based on fact and this is what cnn says there's something very fishy going on in North Carolina. What the fuck does that mean? Could mean anything. That doesn't really scare people into realizing that, hey, Republicans are anti-democracy. That is kind of like, oh, mm, they're doing something weird, peculiar. In uh, Washington Post, Wisconsin Republicans move forward to limit incoming Democrats' power. Like, it's just, it's fine. It's limited power. It's cool. So 
Let me read a little bit of this Washington Post one. Among the more hotly debated parts of the plan are provisions that would limit uh, early voting, which has helped Democrats, and restrict the ability of the governor-elect Tony Evers to make appointments. And it's basically this plan is like a, three, a three-pronged approach for, Dem- for uh, Republicans to limit Democratic po- power. So they want to limit early voting. They want to limit his ability to make appointments. And they want to limit his ability to withdraw from a lawsuit against the uh, Affordable Care Act. So they're basically just trying to like kneecap him before he even gets into office during the lame duck session, which uh, lasts for another month and a half, pretty much. And um, so this is usually when uh, Congress, you quote unquote, not supposed to do anything or whatever, or everyone hangs back. But these people are like, no, we're going to use this time to fuck over the Democrats as much as possible. And so this is what they're doing in Wisconsin, apparently. And uh, at a news conference uh, on Tuesday afternoon, Assembly Speaker Robin uh, Voss defended the plan, listing a series of GOP legislative victories and vowing that lawmakers were not intent on, quote, having somebody come in with a stroke of a pen again and getting rid of all those ideas. Because that's exactly what fucking people voted for. They wanted to get rid of all your bullshit. You're like, hmm. We don't really like that whole, you know, democracy shit. So we're just going to, you know, just, you know, put a pause on that. It's basically what the Republicans are trying to do. And uh, more from the article, a similar lame duck effort is underway by GOP lawmakers in Michigan, where three Democratic statewide officials, Governor-elect Gretchen Whitmer, Whitmer, Attorney General-elect Dana Nessel, and Secretary of State-elect Jocelyn Benson are all set to take office in January. The move in Wisconsin and Michigan have drawn comparisons to Republican efforts in North Carolina in 2016, where lawmakers pushed through legislation limiting the authority of the state's Democratic governor-elect, triggering a legal battle that resulted in a loss for the Republicans. So they've already tried this bullshit before. Courts have already said it's wrong, but they're still trying again, and they're just trying to... They're trying to basically do this enough times to where they eventually get in front of a judge that is like, Hey, I'm an evil piece of shit too. This shit is dope. We're going to make this stand. And so they're going to keep trying to fucking screw over democracy until I get a judge who's just as fucking morally bankrupt as they are. And you know, no one apparently is covering it. Uh, my friend, uh, was telling me about, um, some tweets that Trump tweeted today that since I unfollowed him, I didn't see. And she says that three people on the news explained it in three different ways. And she still didn't understand what he was saying. And I'm just like, so y'all not talking about Republicans trying to fuck over democracy in at least three states. So, uh, there's this, a graphic that was going around from Rachel Maddow and it's perfectly encapsulates encapsulates how the Republicans are just, so thorough at trying to screw over democracy and you can just look at how heavily gerrymandered these uh four states are and it's really really bad in wisconsin so i'll do that one last pennsylvania democrats got 53 percent of the vote and 45 uh, and 46 percent of the seats republicans got 45 percent of the vote and 54 percent of the seats so they got way less votes, 8% less votes, and got 9% more seats. 
How the fuck does that work? North Carolina, popular vote, 50% for the Democrats, 47% for the Republicans, whereas the seats won, 54% for the Republicans and 46% for the Democrats. Again, Democrats win by three points in the popular vote, three percentage points in the popular vote, and they lose by eight in the seat count, in the seat percentage. <laughs> it's just fucking insane that this shit is quote-unquote legal, even though half the time judges overturn this shit. But they like, Republicans are smart in the sense that they'll break the law first and then make the law catch up to them because in that in-between time, they can get away with more fucked up shit and it's like a snowball effect. They just want to like do as much fucked up shit before they get caught. And Trump is like the perfect example of that, especially with the Muslim ban. He's like, we just want to see how fucked up we can be. Like, oh, that didn't work? All right, let's try this one more time. Okay, that didn't work? All right, let's try this one more time. All right, we're good. It's like, they're just trying to test the waters of being fucked up. So in Michigan, popular vote, 52% for the Democrats, 47% for the Republicans. Whereas the seats, 47% for the Democrats, 53% for the Republicans. This is fucking insane. Democrats win by five in the popular vote, lose by six in the seat count. And here's the most egregious example. This is just like, this is disgusting. Like, there are actual protests going on right now in Wisconsin. And I'm not sure if it's because of this or if it's because of the other shit I listed with them trying to screw over the uh, the uh, governor-elect, uh, Tom, Tony Evers. And so, in Wisconsin, Democrats win 53% of the popular vote. Republicans win 45% of the popular vote. But the seats... Republicans win 64% of the seats and Democrats win 36%. So Democrats win the popular vote by 8% and then lose the seat vote by 28%. Are you fucking kidding me? So I, I, I shout out to Rachel Maddow. This is TV. So it's like not all TV is, is terrible, but a large majority of it, I would argue, is just people talking in circles and saying stupid shit that people already know or focusing on stupid stories that don't really matter. So this is an important graphic. Um, so, yeah, shout out to Rachel Maddow. But, uh, yeah, th this whole democracy shit Republicans is beyond infuriating. And so it's like, even when you do get out to vote, you, they still can't win. It's like, fuck. It's like Republicans are like bed bugs, man. You just let them in one time. And then it's like, takes you like 20 years to get them out. It's ridiculous. Anyway, let's move on to something else. Uh, anyway, let's talk about some hilarious shit. Wow, I was about to move on to the next section. And I completely forgot one of the other fucking crazy, insane Republican stories. So in North Carolina, as I mentioned earlier, I forgot to get back to it. Uh, uh, CNN, there's something very fishy going on in North Carolina. And apparently in North Carolina, the winner of this uh, race in the 9th Congressional District won by 900 votes. And apparently... They paid this lady, the, the Republicans paid this lady 
to go around to collect people's absentee ballot absentee ballots and I'm assuming just throw them in the trash and she apparently took 30 or maybe not only her but the Republicans apparently illegally took 3,400 ballots and uh she and and they yeah they took 3,400 uh, unreturned absentee ballots from uh, two counties and a race that was decided by 900 votes. So this race is definitely going to have to be done over again. And some people are probably going to jail behind this. And the media is uh, characterizing this as voter fraud when it's actually election fraud. Because it's not like anyone cheated on their voting. It's just the Republicans rigged the fucking election. So uh, I got uh, two quotes from this article. Oh, <clears throat> well, it's like one long quote, actually. It kind of flows into each other. So um, this is from uh, Chris uh, Saliza from CNN. Uh, six affidavits I at- obtained last week go into detail about unusual and illegal activities surrounding absentee ballots. One person claims a woman came by her house to pick up her absentee by mail b- uh, vote. And when the woman picked up the vote, it was unsealed and the voter did not sign it. Another person also claims that a woman came by to pick up her vote and the voter only selected two races and claimed that the woman told her not to worry about the rest of them and she would finish it for her. Other affidavits go into detail about absentee by mail ballots that they uh, that the voters did not request. Last, uh, lastly, two affidavits introduce us to the man who appears to be at the center of the investigation, Leslie McRae Dallas Jr., so Leslie McRae Dallas Jr. is the vice chair of the Bladen County Soil and Water Con- Conservation District, an elected position. He is also an, elect- uh, an electioneer with a criminal past. His criminal record dates back to the 80s and 90s. He was convicted of passing a worthless check, perjury, and felony fraud. He served six months behind bars. As I mentioned, McRae's name surfaced because of the affidavits. One affidavit claimed to have heard McRae say he would be paid $40,000 if Mark Harris won. In another affidavit, a person claims McCree told him that he was doing absentee for Mark Harris and Jim McVicker, the Blade County Sheriff. The affidavit also says that McCree had 80 people working for him from, the Cumberland, to, from Cumberland to Charlotte. So it looks like it was a separate dude, uh, but he was doing it on behalf of the candidate. So I don't know who's going to jail, but I hope somebody goes to jail and I hope they serve a long time. This is fucked up. So uh, I haven't verified this. I just saw this on Twitter a couple days ago, but I heard that the uh, people they went to were like kind of elderly. So that's why, because like, you know, when you think like, I don't trust y'all. So it looks like they were kind of like elderly and these people just trying to take advantage of them. So again this is just adding on to what i was saying earlier like republicans is do not give a fuck about democracy and they pretend to to get over on dumbass liberals so i feel like as a collective anyone who doesn't identify as a republican or a conservative needs to just start tuning these people's bullshit out completely every time they say anything assume it's a lie and work backwards from there and if it happens to be true then cool but always assume from the position of they are being disingenuous they are lying or they are obviously trying to uh get over on me so just uh 
stay skeptical when it comes to Republicans. But anyway, back to what I was trying to say earlier. Let's get the TV. So I watched Bumpin' Mics this weekend. Uh, it's a stand-up with uh, Jeff Ross and Dave Attell. Uh, Dave Attell is one of my favorite comedians of all time. I remember him back from uh, Insomniac on uh, Comedy Central. It was a late night show. I was watching that when I was like, what, in like middle school, I want to say. And I, that was one of my favorite shows, especially when I couldn't sleep. I don't know why. I, I couldn't sleep for shit when I was in middle school. I was always up at like, like now I'm like rarely ever up past like one o'clock. If like shit, I barely make it to midnight most nights. So like, and then I was up to like two, 3 a.m. Like every fucking night. Anyway, David Tell, big fan. So I saw Bumpin' Mike's, uh, I, first I saw they were on, uh, the Joe Rogan show and uh, I hadn't been watching that show for a while. And so I saw their two names pop up. I was like, all right, let me give this a shot. So I'm listening to them talk and they're talking about their new standup. And so I see it on Netflix. I watch it. And oh my God, this, this shit was like, I'm gonna give y'all a fucking endorsement right now. So you know why you need to watch bumping mics. I laughed so hard when I watched this shit that I hurt my back and had to take some Tylenol. That's how funny bumping mics is. I literally was in physical pain from laughing. I had a, I had a headache. I took some, I I hurt my back and I had a headache just from laughing. Like, and, uh, so bumping mics is a stand up special. It's like three episodes. It's not like a full thing. So it's like three 30 minute episodes over the course of a weekend. And, uh, the basically the premise of the standup is David Tell and Jeff Ross. They're both on stage, kind of just like fucking with each other, trying to make each other laugh. And then like they'll just like call up some random comedian who's in the audience. Like uh, they had uh, Hassan Minaj, they had uh, Paul Rudd, they had um, Amy Schumer. Uh, they had oh they had Michael Che. There was one other person I'm forgetting. Um, Bob Saget, that's who it was. And then they had, uh, Gilbert Godfrey. They had a, a couple of people. But anyway, it, the whole special is just them, like, trying to make each other laugh and then pulling up comedians and then fucking with them, you know, like, picking on people in the audience and shit. So it, it, it was so fucking funny. I cannot recommend it enough. It was so good. I hope that they add more episodes, even though it seemed like it was just, like, a weekend thing. Like, I, I think that should, like, be its own show. It was so fucking good. But, um, yes, please watch that. It was so funny. And, um, other than that, I had, like, when I was looking up Bumpin' Mics, I saw F is for Family, apparently the new season dropped. And, uh, I'm a big fan of Bill Burr. You know, I love comedians, so Bill Burr, David Tell, Jim Ross, or Jeff Ross, and, uh, so, uh, Bill Burr, I'm a big fan of him and he's, uh, he's one of my favorite comedians in the sense that like when he gets angry is always when he makes me laugh the most. Like he's one of those people who has like funny anger. Uh, 
And so when he starts getting real animated and starts raising his voice and swearing, I just start losing my shit. And that's basically his whole character in F is for Family. He's a he's like a poor white uh, white dad with a wife and three kids, and that's um, in the seventies. And he just uh, just always angry talking shit, fucking with everybody, and like his kids are kind of, some of them are kind of bad, but you know. It, it, it's a it's a whole cool show it's short too uh it's a uh i would if i had to label it i would basically say it is the m-rated version of king of the hill in the 70s that's the best rated that's the best description i can give for f is for family so if you like shows like king of the hill f is for any you, you like swearing <laughs> f is for family is like top of the list and there's only, I think, 25 episodes in total. So it's a pretty short watch and a 30-minute episode. So it's pretty quick. And, um, yeah, it's, it's actually, I think there's only, like, 20 episodes. But, um, yeah, very funny show. Um, so, uh, also, I'm uh, slowly catching up on Empire, finally. I'm on episode 5 um, of the new season. So I think I'm, like like two or three episodes behind and um this is a minor spoiler so actually this is a, this is a big spoiler um it's uh, only a spoiler if you're not caught up so if you are not caught up to um at least season five then uh you know this is your warning but uh anyway uh three two one there you go all right so here's a, a spoiler uh, since Hakeem got shot and he uh, has uh, been trying to get back into the, you know, his breathing for his rap, uh, I thought that was a really cool storyline where it's like, okay, you know, when you rap, you have to have good breath control so you can like, you know, go for a flow for a little bit. And since he got shot in the lung, his breath, his uh, breathing control is off. And so when he's like practicing to get it back, I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. But, um... I can't remember if I ever mentioned it on this podcast or not, but one of my long-standing uh, issues with his character is that every time he raps in private, he raps like he's in a music video. So like he'll be by himself in a room, like taking off his shirt, jumping around and shit. Like nigga, like what the fuck are you doing? Just make the song. And so that's always been my beef with him. And so he got shot. He's trying to work on his breathing. He's trying to work on his raps. And so when he he finally gets it together, he immediately starts jumping around again. I'm thinking to myself, nigga, aren't you tired? You were just talking about how you can't speak in long bursts. How the fuck are you jumping around the room and rapping when before you couldn't rap just by itself? <laughs> so that was bothering me. But that, that's like my only spoiler. Anyway, uh... Yeah, this, this season's interesting. Andre is by far my new favorite. I would have never guessed that uh, he would have... I I pretty much wrote off Andre from the get-go. Uh, Jamal was my favorite for a long time. But after this season, Andre is definitely my favorite. Like, like hood nigga Andre, I'm with it. Anyway, um, that's pretty much all my comments on Empire right now. And uh, other than that, just watching King of the Hill reruns, this background noise... Um, and I'm, I forgot to catch up on South Park, so I might do that at some point soon. Anyway, I'm just going to breeze through the next stories because they're not too deep, but 
Uh, the Good Place got renewed for season four, which I'm very happy about. Um, the episode, the uh, amount of episodes has not been confirmed yet, uh, but all the other seasons have been 13, so probably going to be 13 again. And uh, according to Inter Entertainment Weekly, I, I didn't know this before, but apparently the ratings for this show aren't like amazing. So um, it definitely has like a cult following. And so uh, this renewal is good news, but now it makes me nervous for next season. So if uh, Good Place gets canceled in season four or if season four is the last season, uh, I won't be surprised. So uh, we'll, hopefully that won't happen. I really like the show. It's really, really funny. Um, I think I'm a couple episodes behind on that and I mentioned it, but, uh, yeah, this is good news. Next little bit of news. Uh, if this is kind of old now, but if you didn't hear daredevil has been canceled on Netflix, which completely caught me off guard because the only two Marvel shows on Netflix that are supposedly having new seasons are Jessica Jones and the Punisher. And so since uh, Daredevil got canceled after three seasons and Jessica, I, I, I can't believe that I thought for sure Jessica Jones would be not the first because I knew Iron Fist was the first. Once it came out, I was like, this show's going to get canceled. So I always thought Jessica Jones would be the second. But Luke Cage went before Jessica Jones and then Daredevil went before Jessica Jones. So. I'm I'm kind of shocked by that, and uh, I'm I uh, even though this is very very early speculation, but I think this pretty much guarantees that the Punisher will not come back for a third season. <laughs> so, um, uh, whenever season two is, I can almost I will put money that season two of Punisher will be the last season. And the only reason I think there's even going to be a season two is because they probably already started on it. They're probably like get like 30%, 40% through whatever before they just start like cutting all these Marvel shows. So they probably just want to like, you know, get their money's worth. Like, hey, we already put this much money into it. Might as well let it come out and see what ratings it get. So we'll see what happens with Punisher, but I'm, I can almost guarantee you will not get past season two, even though I like that show a lot. But anyway, Daredevil is gone and uh, it makes sense because apparently everyone is trying to make their own streaming service. You know, I already got DC and I'm pretty sure that's the only other one I'm going to get besides Hulu. So uh, apparently Disney is having their own thing. And since Disney owns Marvel, they uh, are, I'm assuming they're taking their talents with them. So all the Marvel shit elsewhere is just getting closed down. Uh, will eventually come to Disney, I'm, I'm assuming. If not, like, the, this show, like Daredevil or whatever, they'll probably just use those characters again and something else on the platform. So, if you're into streaming and you want to watch a lot of Disney shit or Marvel shit, then Disney Plus might be for you, but I can already tell you right now, I'm not getting that shit, so. Oh, well. Anyway, let's move on to the last section them video games oh wait i just realized i forgot one more thing yet again so uh how come uh i completely space to mention the coincidence between netflix getting rid of daredevil so apparently netflix is paying a hundred million dollars to keep friends on netflix for another year 
And as someone who has never seen Friends, never had the desire to see Friends, uh, don't really know anyone who watches Friends, honestly, uh, this is shocking to me. And apparently they had been paying uh, Warner Media $30 million a year since 2015 for the uh, licensing uh, privilege of uh, Friends, but it jumped to $100 million for the next year. And, uh, yeah, um, apparently that happened. So if you want to know why Netflix is cutting all these shows, there could be a relation. You're spending $100 million for one year on a show that's already done. Uh, I guess that's less risky. I, I don't know how much money they're making, but I'm assuming it's worth it. Because I wouldn't have guessed in a million years that'd be the show that you put 100 mil on. But, you know. Anyway, now let's get into video games. been uh, i played a little bit of tomb raider i think i've played maybe like three four hours of tomb raider and it's great i already knew it would be great um surprisingly a little bit harder than i expected as far as like gunfights go because i feel like when you're sneaking around and you get caught a good like 80 percent of the time you're just fucked you're just like all right well i'm dead <laughs> so uh sometimes i can get out of it but i'm usually just like oh i'm screwed so, uh, but, uh, overall I'm liking the game, but I, I don't know how this got into my head, but, uh, I was talking about Skyrim at some point. So I decided that I wanted to play Skyrim again. And, um, since, uh, Red Dead Online, uh, the economy is still fucked up and I don't really have the patience to play, not really the patience, but like, I don't feel the need to play this game right now when it's like not quote unquote finished, when I can play other finished games like Tomb Raider or Skyrim. So uh, I'm, I'm gonna hold off until they like patch it a little bit and then I'm gonna go back to it. And uh, plus Smash Bros comes out on Friday. So uh, well, uh, other than that, that's pretty much, um, that's uh, pretty much my gaming. But uh, for Skyrim, since I, I've, I feel like I've been playing that more than Tomb Raider, I'm probably like, maybe like, five six hours deep into a fresh uh, playthrough so uh i'm playing as a wood elf for the first time so i'm uh i'm pretty much doing all archery i wanted to do archery and magic but like it's just kind of a pain to switch back and forth so i'm pretty much doing all archery and uh stealth and i guess i'll use like pickpocketing or something just like get my stats up quicker and maybe like enchantment or alchemy or some like non-combat skills like speech and shit like that. So like all of that to compensate my overall level. But as far as perks and shit goes, archery, light armor, sneaking. But um, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying this. I'm trying to get to that point where like all of my arrows are one shots. So uh, eventually I'll get there. But um, right now it just it's it's really unfair to compare Tomb Raider to Skyrim because Tomb Raider is a great game. Um, it's probably the best Tomb Raider in the series, but Skyrim is one of the best games of all time. So it's like not really a fair comparison. But um, so I'm having fun with Skyrim again. I, I don't know what I'm gonna do on Friday. I could just drop it like a bad habit, 
But um, I know uh, I'm just really trying to kill time until I get my hands on Smash Bros. Um, and I'm I'm still debating if I should even get the GameCube thing because I like my Pro Controller. Um, but at the same time, you know, that the uh, the uh, the OG GameCube controller. I'm like, how do you say no to that? So maybe I'll get it. I don't know. I kind of want to. We'll see. Uh, anyway, let's get into the little bit of news. So, uh, I've mentioned this a couple of episodes ago, but the time is here. The Kind of Funny Game Showcase is happening apparently Saturday morning at 10 a.m. And it's going to be on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. And it's going to have uh, some... Uh, more updates of like existing games and it's going to have some debuts of new games so I- i'm thinking it's going to be more a little bit indies uh but i for all i know there could be some like giant surprises that come out of it what i'm basically looking at this is i hope it becomes a daily i mean a yearly thing but this kind of it's kind of feels like like a small online e3 like a christmas e3 so uh hopefully christmas e3 sticks um, I, I'm definitely going to watch it. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to watch it live. I don't know what's happening Saturday morning or Friday night or whatever, but, uh, I know I'm definitely going to watch it. So 10 AM Saturday, uh, probably going to be some big shit coming out. Some dope games going to be shown. So, uh, yeah, check that shit out. And, uh, also other news, I mentioned this earlier. I'm not going to play Red Dead until they fix the economy. And it looks like they heard everyone's complaints. Because from what I've seen, this was literally the only complaint for Red Dead Online. Like, the game itself is great. Like, Red Dead Online is awesome mode. Um, There is a chance that I would actually like it more than single player. But uh, as of right now, online is awesome, except for the actual grind of getting money and shit. So um, Rockstar says, uh, according to Polygon, thanks to everyone who has participated in the beta so far. We appreciate your help in testing the game. Your feedback from these early days will be instrumental in helping formulate updates to every aspect of the experience. Our current areas of focus include the in-game economy, which will require some additional balancing in order to ensure all activities are appropriately rewarding and fun, as well as some persistent bugs that are causing some players to be kicked from sessions. So uh, I'm definitely, I've definitely experienced a lot of that in-game money grind, and I've also been kicked out of the session a couple of times, so both of those fixes are very welcome. Um, This is also kind of funny because I have been seeing uh, this pop up on the internet, but apparently until this is fixed, uh, what people are doing in the meantime to get money is basically like farming alligators. Like, that's like the only real thing to do in the game that actually gives you some, like, like a, a good in-game currency payout for the time spent because i think the current rate is like one gold bar every like eight to ten hours of gameplay and so uh, i'm not sure if people are getting gold bars for the alligators or if they're just getting money but apparently that's like if you're if you're trying to farm that's where you do it um anyway uh back to rockstar the game has been developed so that we will quickly make any adjustments like these and we plan to get updates out as early as the end of this week with more updates coming next week feedback from the community has been invaluable and we will continue to keep you regularly updated as things progress so um already 
And even though, you know, this is a very small issue, it compared compared to Fallout 76, but just it's it's been live for a couple of days and they're already responding to the community like, hey, we hear you. We're going to get that as soon as possible. We got you. And, you know, so Rockstar is pretty much doing everything right at the time being. They've already sold a ridiculous amount of copies of Red Dead, like always. Every time there's a new Rockstar game, it pretty much breaks the sales record. So um, uh, Red Dead is selling well. Online mode is fun. Single player is great. One of the best games of the year. I, I will be shocked if all of the game journalists don't come together and say, Red Dead is the best game of the year. It's my game of the year. Even though I'm still saying it's Monster Hunter. Uh, I know I'm going to be in the minority on that, but I'm, I will be shocked if this doesn't get game of the year. Uh, the only other game I can see people saying is this or God of War. I can almost guarantee you it will be one of those games. But um, anyway, Fallout 76 apparently has took the exact opposite approach of uh, Red Dead, where Red Dead is just on top of their shit and making everything better, making everyone happy. Uh, 70, uh, Fallout uh, Bethesda and Fallout 76 is just pissing off everybody. And uh, I was like genuinely contemplating uh, a couple nights ago, like, do I even do I like return this to Amazon? Because it's still within the warranty of returning it, and I think I could return it. Like, I, I don't think they would like give me grief or anything. I'm just saying, like, do I hold it for hope that it will one day be fixed, or do I just cut my losses and give them the game back and just get my money back? Because like a lot of people are trying to get re- refunds, and a lot of people are, as you know, have been shitting on the game since it's come out. The review, I think the average review is like a 5.0 or something like that out of 10. So it's a pretty mediocre game by all accounts. And to top that off, there's just been more disaster and scandal uh, surrounding the game on top of that. So uh, not only are uh, apparently Bethesda is refusing to refund people's, uh, like refund the game to people who want refunds, but apparently the people who pre-ordered the, uh, the power armor edition was supposed to come with a canvas bag, but what it actually came with is like this, like really cheap nylon bag. And apparently the people who did get the canvas bags were basically like gamers promoting the game. Like, so they got the fancy shit, but the people who actually like paid for it got the shitty shit. So this is just like a slap in the face. The people who pre-ordered the game and I don't see any world where people pre-order the next Bethesda game at the same clip that they did this one or any previous ones. Like I, I'm pretty much, uh, I want to go on record and guarantee that the pre-orders for the next Bethesda game are going to be a lot lower than they wanted them to be just because of this scandal. And now no one trusts the company anymore. And as someone who was a big fan of Bethesda, I have like a lot of fallout shit. Like, in general, I have, like, two Fallout uh, figures on my desk at work. I have a Fallout mug. I got a Fallout uh, lunchbox. I got a Fallout glass. Like, I got Fallout shit. I'm a big fan of Fallout. And even that said, Bethesda has just rubbed everyone the wrong way. And I just don't see a... I don't know how they're going to rectify this game if they even can. So I'm like, I'm like, do I even... Do I even keep the game? Because part of me wants to go back to it when they fix it, but I don't know if they can No Man's Sky this. I really don't. And by the time they do, 
will anyone care? Because I know when they did fix No Man's Sky, I was like, fuck it. I still have my copy. But, you know, I don't know. Anyway, I guess that's a good stopping point. I'm ready for Smash Bros. But anyway, hope y'all have a good uh, week, good weekend. You know, everybody's in good health or whatever. Um, If you're uh, playing Smash Bros or whatever, if you got a Switch, hit me up on Twitter at Ugly Flame. We can play. Because I'm, I'm definitely going to get... I, I haven't got online for Switch yet. And I'm not sure if I'm going to do it for the whole year. But I'm definitely going to do it for at least a month for Smash Bros. Just to actually get my skills up by getting my ass whooped online. Because I was surprised at how good I got at Splatoon so quickly. So hopefully it'll carry over to Smash Bros. Even though I really, really doubt it. Because I was never that good to begin with. I can usually just beat people on one-on-ones. But not on like the four for all. But anyway... Um, follow me on Twitter, Ugly Flame. Uh, like, subscribe, that whole shit on uh, Anchor, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Blueberry. And uh, if you want to donate, that would be lovely. You can donate to my Patreon at patreon.com/slash the Don't Quote Me Podcast. And uh, yeah, have a good night, good evening, good morning, adios, muchacho.